It's good to see you here this morning. Do you have the Christmas blues, whatever it is, after Christmas? Are we smiling? Christmas is over. And you know, the true fact, it's, it's an emotional thing. Uh, I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. And I look for Christmas all the time. I celebrate Christmas. And I enjoy the reminders we have every year that Jesus came to save us. And it's a wonderful thing to uh, live those days before Christmas. And then uh, on Christmas Day, I said, it's going fast. And faster it goes and faster it goes. Suddenly it's midnight. And then you get the paper, a New Year's Day sale. What's going on here? Christmas to us is totally different than the world celebrates it. Christmas to us is a Savior is born to save us and to take care of us. If, if Christmas is over, does it mean our God is no more available for us? Those who have the Christmas after Christmas blues, okay, is he still able to take us by the hand and we can continue the journey with him? I say yes. Is he able to guard us and protect us? Last week when I was speaking, I said, what's the meaning of Christmas? What does it bring us? One of the points I said, he is a living God who is able to protect us. I want to uh, share this with you. Uh, uh, Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, he encourages him to continue his work in spite of some blues he had, you know, as a young man, if in spite of the enemy's attacks and discouragement, he uh, writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, this is a very well-known verse. If you want to open it, it's there. Okay? It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And love, and what? A sound mind. We are not a bunch of lunatics here coming to church and worshiping God. God saved us and gave us, what? A sound mind. If there are, is any wisdom, you can find it in a true Christian. If there is any knowledge, you find it in a little believer who trusts the Lord as his Savior. And if there is any philosophy, Go find it with these people who are philosophizing. And you know what? They are elementary people. They don't know what they are doing. The littlest Christian, if we can say that, can put them to shame. We have a great God. And Paul supports the ministry of Timothy by telling him in chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 12. He says this, listen to that. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that what he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Christmas is gone, but Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He is Able 
as he was yesterday, he is able, able to guard you. The word able, you know, he's in charge. He's not a baby. It's good he came as a baby and grew up. He's God. And he is able to guard and protect you and me. Commitment is an ancient word. This was used by the banking, by bank, bankers and the banking institutions around the world since the early days of banking. And do you know what is the meaning of commitment? The meaning of commitment implies that you deposit something. So commitment is a deposit. And when we commit our lives to the one who is able, what have we done? We are committing our life. We are depositing our lives in his bank. So do you still have lose this morning? Amen. Where did you deposit your life this morning? This is good to deposit our lives in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word commitment. If you, you can research it. This is literally, Paul, mean, Paul means that our deposit of our lives, our needs, ourselves are in a secure bank in heaven. A bank that will never go bankrupt. A bank that will never be a short of money. A bank that your deposit, you know, nowadays if you have some money in the bank and say, I want to put in my savings, oh, they buy, they'll give you probably 1%. Yeah, the cost of money is very cheap nowadays. Okay, 1%. But that deposit that you put in the hands of God will give you more than you have bargained for. Eternal life. You cannot buy that. So, it behooves us this morning to remember again that who is our God? That our God is a God who is totally in charge, regardless of what happens in the world. This morning I read on the internet, quickly I, I glimpsed, in Jakarta they had an earthquake, 7,000 people died. If you didn't read it, you're going to read it today. 7,000 people died. That was predicted. We, we pray for them. We feel with them. But he says, there will be earthquakes at some places. God is in charge. And he's speaking to people. And us, as a family of God, I can see us all as a family of God. And I prayed for you during this Christmas holiday. Holiday. Do you hear that? This season, I pray that God will protect each and every one of you. So whatever we do, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ in what we have done. And we will continue because we have deposited our lives in his hands. So your life is in the bank of heaven. Are you going to worry about that? Are you going to be having some blues? No. Uh, you know... <coughs> When we commit our lives to Christ, there's one thing that is set forever. 
is your eternal status. You can't anymore discuss. You can't bargain. It's no more uh, at the table to uh, give and take. This is final set forever and ever. Your eternal status is set. What a child of God in his own hands. It takes an unreserved an unconditional surrender of our lives to be placed in the hands of the one who says, follow me. We're challenged this morning to forget our celebrations, to forget your gifts, to forget everything that happened. And I hope all of you had a great Christmas. But today, let's open our eyes to the one, to the God of Christmas and God of the universe and say, Lord, I want to follow you by depositing my life into your hands. Two little girls were playing with their dolls and singing, safe in the arms of Jesus. <clears throat> How do you know you are safe, asked the older sister? Because I'm holding Jesus with both my hands tight. That's not safe, said the other. Suppose Satan came along and cut your, both your hands off. The child looked troubled, dropped her dolly, and thought. Suddenly her face shone with joy. Oh, I forgot. Jesus is holding me, and Satan cannot cut off his hands. So I am safe and guarded in his hands. Amen. Where did you deposit your dreams? Where did you deposit your life? Where, are, where, are, where is your future deposited? If it's in the hands of God, you are guarded forever. Your money is safe. We are worried about what's going to happen if the, if the market crashes. <coughs> it's going to be a catastrophe. But market crashes, every, the world crashes. God is supreme. The other thing I thought of, and I will, since we are going to go early today, I thought of is <clears throat> he's able to keep you, now guard you, and is able to keep you with joy. Not with blues, with joy. The greatest joy of every believer in Christ is the assurance that he or she are kept in his eternal care. Is there a better joy than that? Can you think of a better joy than that? I, I wonder how people enjoy life without Christ. Really, I enjoyed Christmas unbelievably. Be, you know what? Because I am resting on Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus, how can you enjoy anything in life? There is no better feeling than knowing that our Christ keeps us from stumbling. He protects us from anything which would separate us from him in this life so that we can claim assurance that we shall live with him forever and ever. A Christian who has been kept, deposited in the grace of Christ knows that his or her destination is assured. Where are you going? You ask anybody outside the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know where you're going? Oh, we hope. We hope where? This hope is built on nothing. 
But our hope is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are you going? Ask any Christian. Ask Kenan. Kenan, where are you going? Hello. Did you hear that? Kenan accepted the Lord Jesus Christ early in his life. And he's going. He knows. Our children know they're going to heaven. Though later on in life, they might have to recommit their lives to Jesus Christ. But they know where they're going. And the littlest Christian, if there's such a word, okay, knows that if the Lord comes or if he's called to go be with the Lord, he knows he's going to be going to heaven. We have, our destination is secured. We are kept, we have deposited our lives in the bank of heaven. And thank God for that. Therefore, we as Christians must keep what we need to do, we have to keep short accounts. Oh. So that when this journey ends, we will have no fear, no regrets, no uncertainty, and you know what? It's a great way to live by keeping short accounts. So may God help our hearts to take courage and know that our Christ is alive. We serve a living Savior. He is able to care for us, to protect us, and to keep us with joy. Paul writing, <coughs> uh, sorry, Jude, in Jude chapter 24, we hear this. Now, to him, and this is what, who is able to keep you from stumbling? And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Able to keep you until that day without stumbling. Until we are presented by the Lord Jesus Christ before the Father there. Until that day was with joy. So rejoice. We have a great God who guards you, supports you, and keeps you with joy until that day. Isn't that something? Jonathan Edwards once said, resolved, I mean, I am resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Let's keep short accounts. Let's keep trusting in the Lord of Christmas, He is able. He is able to guard us. He is able to give us that supernatural power. And He is able to keep us until that day. What a way to celebrate Christmas and after Christmas. And to cast the blues out of our lives and live a life worthy of our calling. Remember, we have a great God. And He is yours and mine at our disposal. When he met the blind man who was walking the old streets of Palestine. And he came and approached him. He did not tell him, you deserve what you have done. He did not chastise him. He said, what can I do for you? You have this great God who is today at your service. And he's asking you, what can I do for you? Let's take advantage of that. We can approach him. We don't need a priest. We don't need a pastor. 
We don't need anyone to go and approach God. We don't need a mediator. We can approach him straight there and enjoy his presence and live under his wings until that day. Amen. May God bless you and bless this week. Our, uh, the way we are going to do this week is this. Tomorrow we have normal service, prayer meeting for the men, Bible study for the women. Wednesday we have no service, but Friday night we have a service. We're coming. We're going to have a potluck together. We're going to celebrate New Year's. And next Sunday we go back to normal. The New Year we have our breaking of bread, our worship service, our preaching service, and everything goes along the way it used to be. May God bless you and be with you. Let's bow our heads and ask God to be with us for the rest of the day. Our Father, we thank you that you are able to protect us and be with us and to direct our lives and our footsteps in the direction that we should go. We thank you that you are just the same yesterday, today, and forever. And before we go and enjoy the day, we pray that you be with each and every one of us. Help us to live in your presence. Dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.